Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Shout out to the Tub Girls, Lemon Party Boys, and Kids in the Sandbox. This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. How you doing? Hope your week was good. I hope of you, you've been enjoying yourself. Uh, thank you, by the way, to everyone who's been concerned about my penis. I got more than a few tweets, emails saying, hey, man, you got to use lube when you're using a Hitachi. Uh, look, my dick was not dry. It, it was just weak. But uh, is, is luckily is fully recovered from the damage done by uh, some level four Hitachi vibes. But thank you, everyone, for caring. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, if you are new to the program, I'm your host, comedian Billy Persida, and I started this show a couple years ago talking every week to women I've hooked up with about sex and dating and relationships and love, and this week, lots of butt stuff, lots of it, and I'm going to tell you more about that in a bit, but first, I got some show dates, people, show dates. Uh, September 27th, I'll be down on the Lower East Side at 2A Bar. Massapequa, New York, September 28th, I'm at Ziggy's Corner Pub. Ithaca, New York, September 29th, I'm at Acting Out New York as part of the uh, Finger Lakes Comedy Festival. And for more information on those shows and others, head on over to manhorpod.com slash comedy. Where else will I be? This Friday and Saturday, I'm at What The Float, getting my dance on. Yes, uh, the silent floating dance party where we dance throughout the streets of New York City, wearing headphones and looking like weirdos. There's only two months left, and I want you to come and join me. I will be there both nights, September 16th and 17th. Uh, come on out. Paige will be there, one of the nights at least, so you can meet her if you're in attendance. Uh, for information and uh, buying tickets, head on over to whatthefloat.com. And this is an exciting uh, locational announcement. London whores, I'm going to be across the pond over in the UK, uh, September 23rd to 27th. Um, I'm going to be out there recording some podcast episodes. There's a there's a gal I snogged with back in uh, back in high school who is now living out there. And there's some other sex perts I want to talk to. And I got to say, I'm only able to go to London because of you, the listeners, particularly my uh, fan whores on Patreon. Thank you so much. Because we have gotten the pledges up so high, I've been able, I was able to afford uh, the round trip plane ticket uh, combined with a, a donation from an angel of an individual. You know who you are. I can't wait to have some tea and crumpets and whatever the fuck else y'all eat out there uh, so I can say thank you in person for your uh, very generous donation. But uh, I don't really have friends in London, so if you live out there and you want to hang out, shoot me an email. Manwhorepod at gmail.com will coordinate. You can you know, show me one of your favorite pubs. Uh, you all may remember back uh, a couple weeks ago or last week, I put out a call asking for recommendations or suggestions for new album artwork or a new logo. And I got one. I wanted to run it by y'all. Tell me what you think. Uh, Harper writes, uh, if you're still taking logo ideas, here's another one to add to the pile. An eye-level face-on view of a drawer overfilling with condoms, gloves, a lube bottle, 
the manhood podcast could be written on the drawer above the handle, kind of like a kid claiming their drawer or shelf at summer camp. Bright, light colors would make it obviously celebratory and happy about sex without any shame. It'd be something you'd obviously be fine with people seeing in your room. I like the idea. I want to see a sketch of that. And uh, if you also have ideas for new album artwork or for a new logo for the Man Whore Podcast, shoot me an email. Let me know what you think. Uh, we'll see if it's a fit. Uh, I also got this curious email uh, from Sherry, who's a big fan of the Nina Hartley episode. Uh, in it, she wrote, I'm a big fan and try to get others, sadly unsuccessfully, to listen to your show. I find it educational and at times so rewarding to hear men talk about their sexuality in a way that does not fall into the bro category. Hey, do y'all run into this too? Do you, do you try to help get people to listen to my show and they're hesitant? Is this a common thing? I guess it's an inflammatory title, but you know, I know a lot of you listen to another similar podcast, which, which I think is a way more explicit title. She also uh, suggested, uh, she said, I work in the field of HIV, and it would be great to have a guest talk about sexuality and HIV. For example, this amazing woman, Jessica Whitbread. And uh, uh, thank you, Sherry, for the, the suggestion. I'm always open to hearing who you'd like to hear on the podcast. I, I put it out on the, the Man Whore Podcast subreddit. I had asked the same question uh, days before I, I got this email. Surprisingly, a lot of you were a fan of the Naked episodes. So I promise you in 2017, we will do a series of naked podcasts again. I don't understand why they're so popular, but I will make it a point to do it again because got to give the people what they want. Uh, and lastly, I want to say thank you to Ashley C. You know who you are. Thank you for the book. Uh, I got. I came home a few days ago and there's just a Amazon package uh sitting in front of my door and i was like what i didn't drunk buy anything i don't think and i opened it up and it's a book from a listener from my she bought off of my amazon wish list mapping manhattan a love and sometimes hate story in maps by 75 new yorkers so it's a it's a cool looking book i saw it in uh in a bookstore once and it's just like an artist handed out like hundreds of blank maps of Manhattan and then just ask them to kind of like fill in the map, like map Manhattan from their own experience and send it in. So it's kind of cool. And it has like uh, other things just about the city that I love so much. So thank you, Ashley. And if you're interested in getting me anything, you know, on my Amazon wish list, head over to manhorpod.com slash books. If you scroll to the bottom, you'll see a link uh, to my, my wish list. If you want to surprise me with anything. And while you're over at manwhorepod.com, you know, be sure to get on the mailing list. That's how you get, uh, that's how you become the first to hear any manwhor news, uh, whether that's a city I'm going to be visiting or a contest, a giveaway, anything like that. Uh, you definitely want to be subscribed to that. You don't want to be missing out. Speaking of missing out, uh, I feel like I've been missing out because I was not aware that this book existed. Uh, at work, I found a, an advanced copy uh, of this like textbook. In, in one of the bins, because we get a lot of books for the magazine to review. The book is called Sex, The All-You-Need-To-Know Sexuality Guide to Get You Through Your Teens and Twenties. It's by Heather Corinna. And I'm like, I know that name. Why do I know that name? And I go online to search for it. And I'm, oh, yes, right. Heather Corinna. And I might be mispronouncing her na last name. I'm sorry, Heather. Heather Corinna, she's the founder of Scarlet Teen. 
Scarlet Teen is a website for teens and people in their 20s to learn about sexuality, how their bodies work, gender, orientation, sex ed facts. Basically, it's uh, it's a website that's trying to fill in the massive gaping holes and blanks left by the, uh, the, the United States education system. I think I'm holding in my hand the closest thing to a shortcut, quick answer to fix our sex education problem in this country. How big is the sex education problem in this country? Well, you know, only 24 states in the union require that public schools teach sex education. Uh, That's less than half of the states. Yeah, that's pretty weird, right? And 37 states in the country don't require sex education to be, quote, medically accurate. What the fuck? That means you could legally teach the stork in more states than you can legally teach HIV prevention. It's fucking crazy. It's madness. And only two states in the entire of, of the whole country, 50 states, in case you didn't know, because this is America where we're all fucking stupid. Two, only two states uh, have legislation that says sex education cannot at all promote religion. What is going on? But then I find this book and I'm like, oh, my God, this is awesome. It's it's a textbook. It's written like a textbook. <clears throat> It's got chapters, it's got subsections, it's got sidebars, it's got diagrams. And you know what? It's also got facts. It tackles safe sex, it tackles consent, it addresses sex for pleasure, which is such a taboo topic in this country because uh, we pretty much only teach sex as a means to you know procreate. And then we say, well, you're only doing it to make babies, so you should really only do it in a marriage. It doesn't ever address like the other reasons one would want to have sex. Most schools don't address different sexual orientations. They don't address different genders. This book is awesome. And I want it in every fucking high school in the country. I want every college freshman orientation to require that kids read this book. This is literally all you need for a sex. This is all you need for health class. It's the only fucking thing you just teach out of this book. And then you have conversations in class about the topics. You just assign a chapter, they read it, and then you're going to fucking have a conversation in class. There's no wiggle room for religion uh, or shame in this book because the book specifically says you should not feel shame about having sex or your body or masturbation or who you love. Oh my God, I have such a hard on for this book. Heather Corinna, you are a fucking angel. So if you're listening to this, if you're in college, Buy the go to Amazon.com, buy this book. Again, it's called S E X with period. So it's S period, E period, X period. Uh, or you can search Heather Corinna, C O R I N N A. Okay. Buy this book, buy two copies because you want one for yourself, and then shove it in the face of someone in charge somewhere at your school. Make that happen. Okay. If you're listening to this and you work at a school, and maybe you're not high up, but you, you want to make a difference, but you don't want to risk it. You could like anonymously send it to the, the head of academics at your high school. So this was an amazing find. I'm actually, personally, I stole two copies from work because, uh, no offense, Heather, but the gossip magazines are probably not going to review this book. Um, so I thought I would do more work. I have one for me and I'm going to my homecoming at my boarding school next month. And I'm finding the head of, uh, the director of academics, and I'm saying, like, we have to have a talk. I had zero sex ed. This book has all the sex ed. 
fucking buy this and implement it. So yeah, um, go go check that out. Sex, the all you need to know sexuality guide to get you through your teens and twenties by Heather Corinna. And you can also check out scarletteen.com, scarletteen.com. Side shout out, a little sidebar for a moment. Uh, shout out to the Guttmacher Institute. This week's guest is Penny. Penny, I met on Twitter uh, uh, one fateful night uh, about a year and a half, two years ago. You know, uh, one of us slid into the other's DMs, and next thing you know, we had we scheduled for uh, we we scheduled a meetup where I was going to in my stranger play preference. I she left her door unlocked. I walked up into her building, into her room, into her apartment. And she was there wearing a shirt and no panties watching something on Netflix. Um, not because she's inconsiderate, but that's what I asked her to do. I wanted her to be like very, very relaxed and not super attentive. We weren't to exchange words. I silently undressed myself and then I headed over and did what I like to do best, which is crawl between her legs and lick her pussy. I uh, did my gosh darn best. Uh, I I, de- I definitely left there not feeling like I did an amazing job, uh, <laughs> but we had a lot of fun. When when she stopped me doing that, eventually she switched to going down on me, which very quickly turned into me uh, resting on my own shoulders and legs flailing in the air as she jerked me off onto my face with uh with with several fingers in my butt. A very memorable experience. It was a one-time thing. We've we've remained in con- in contact since then. It was a, it was a fun night, and she happened to be in New York City, so I said, "Hey, let's get you on the show." And she's like, "Totally." Hashtag totes. So I think you're really gonna enjoy this week. I mean, she used to fucking make out with rock stars before they were stars. We talk about punch fucking, ruined orgasms, and how to make the ultimate sex playlist. I really think you're going to enjoy it. So um, sit back, relax, and listen to me catch up with my friend Penny. I mean, it was a it was a good experience. It was good sex. We had a shitload of it. Um, that's how I learned hot tub and beer. Is the same thing as uh, Netflix and chill. That's surfer speak for Netflix and chill. It's hot tub and beer. Hot tub and beer. <laughs> yeah. This guy's <laughs> hot tub was also just in the middle of the driveway under his house. That's mm. where I live on the coast. Every All the houses are on stilts. And so it was just like in his driveway. And we're just banging it out in his driveway. Then he had an outdoor shower. Nice. All over his house. I, I was I was getting it on in uh, some other person's driveway on the street last weekend. So, oh nice, yeah, nice, yeah, driveways. Yeah, it was. <laughs> he has so he's he's got baby mama drama. Ooh, because I live in the south and everybody thirty or older has baby mama drama. Um, <laughs> at one point he has me bent over the edge of the of the hot tub and he just goes, "Oh, thank God you've never had kids." Huh. <laughs> What do you do? You try really hard to not let him know you laugh, and then you roll with it like, yeah. And then yeah, you, you pretend you've that never pussy had kids. That's never had kids. <laughs> 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 I believe in abortion, and then he started going real hard. Yeah, he's like, oh my god, that's so fucking hot. Oh my god, a woman's right to choose is so sexy. Oh, equality. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> well, hello, Penny. Hi. After all, was it? This has probably been. Like a year and a half, maybe? Yeah, it was um, 
Does that sound right? Yeah, because I think it was in February of last year, because that was right before I left that apartment. I think I was in the process of moving. There were a ton of boxes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was in February. That yeah. that was uh, that was definitely quite the encounter. It's, uh, <laughs> it's definitely a it's in the highlight reel oh, for sure. Oh, good. It uh, I have, have repeated parts of that elements of that night uh, since then. Oh, really? Which so elements? Uh, well, the girl I've been seeing, P, like we did a thing where she, <laughs> I don't know why, I was feeling squirrely for a couple <laughs> of days. And so it was just like, I don't know why, because you can't. So I was just, I, I texted her, I was jerking off. I was like, I, I want to, I want to come over and have you make me come on my face. And, and she's just this like, she loves every slutty little thing someone could do. And she gets like super excited. Like sex is her hobby. Like that's that's awesome. I'm just like, well, what do you do when you're not doing sex work or the job she does? Or she's like, well, I'm usually doing sex. I like that, like that's all she does. <laughs> I want her to go to a knitting circle or something. Take up <laughs> kickboxing, anything. Yes. Break, yeah. Yeah. You can't fuck all the time, but you know no. she's 23 and just thinks oh, that, so then you can fuck all the time. Yeah. She right. thinks that's how the world you can just fuck forever. So I when I was twenty three, yeah, <laughs> fuck forever. Basically, I guess I I, I was. I mean, I was too. That's how the show came to pass. <laughs> you know, yeah, I was a little uh, troublemaker. <laughs> I guess I. I mean, I still haven't stopped. So I don't know. I have no signs of stopping. Uh, but so I went over and like we did a, just a thing, and she was blowing me and jerking me off until like it made me come all over the place on nice. myself. Yeah. But you gotta do it because I need the spotter. I don't have the dexterity. I've gained some weight. I can't do it solo anymore. <laughs> you need someone that kind of hold you in place while you're upside down. Yeah, uh, and it was. I feel like the bed that we were on too for that. Mine was. It was a pullout couch. It was really low to the ground. Well, I got. Yeah, so I got down. I got super on the ground. Challenging. Yeah. Yeah. And so you were still on the bed, and then I was um, tumbled over basically. And what I was so impressed by was that you like. You had gloves. You had all like the sex party um, stuff just there. <laughs> and I know like plenty, a, a ton of people have gloves and do that for like safer sex practices. I'm just not used to that. I'm not used to a woman just having like a box of latex gloves <laughs> on hand. Well, I also had a submissive at the time. Mm -hmm. So they were getting some use. Right. Because we were, we, we were not seeing each other anymore. But ultimately the goal that we were looking for two was to try to accomplish both punch fucking and pa wait, wait, sorry punch fucking yeah so it's punch fucking because that's just a word i want to have written down at some point <laughs> in my life punch it's, fucking it's really aggressive fisting of a man's ass something you really you really so you get it worked up you get it nice and loose and then you just really are literally just punching your hand into his asshole and but you're so you're coming out each time or are you yeah, like you're coming fully in? out and going fully in really quickly not none of the i mean at this point you've already gone into it gently and ideally we also before we started the punch fucking we were going to do double fisting that's what cp she likes we, we have she's not fisted my asshole um i do not think that's ever <laughs> going to happen but she also like the first night we went out you know she bragged to me about how one time she had double fisted a dude's asshole and 
then she said, and then also he did poppers, and me and my friend, we uh, all we all we put all four of our fists in his butt. Oh my god, four you, in his butt. That's, four. Oh, my son's gonna be so jealous. Do you want to see a picture? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I do not want to see a picture. I my do. my greatest fear was a pink sock situation. So I'm really glad. That oh, geez, like yeah. coming out and yeah, it, com- it just all the, comes out. It just all coming all. out. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then, well, you have to like probably push it. You got to put it back. Yeah, you got to push it back in. Oh, I'm not equipped for that. Oh. Shit, I could barely handle the animal portion of a submissive situation. <laughs> I will never. It, you just, you just never get used to somebody leaking water out of their asshole, telling you how pretty you are. Like it's just such a <laughs> bizarre dichotomy. You just never get used to that. How how does that feel when someone tells you you're pretty? It's as- like on the one hand, it's like, oh, you think I'm pretty. But you're making really gross noises right now. You're on your third bag, and this is disgusting. So does that turn you on, or what? No. Was that so? Why were you being his dom if you uh, weren't into it? Oh no, I was in. I was into being his dom. Okay. I was not into. Oh, I thought you were asking the enema portion. I was not into that. I mean, the enema is mm. completely necessary. Oh, okay, sure, sure, sure. Because nobody wants nobody wants poo involved. That's just. Sure. Yeah. Scat is on my list of hard nose. I've just uh, I've just never done an enema. I'm just always making sure that I'm when you're doing feeling clean, really deep ass fucking like that, which we were. We were doing deep work with really big toys. Um, that it's completely nice. You have to do it. You just have to clean out fully, and uh, like a little mineral oil douche is not going to do it. Oh, oh, so okay, okay. I thought this was a uh, like playful enemas. But. I mean, we did incorporate the enema into the play. It did become. Um, like a source of punishment and humiliation as essentially foreplay into the main event. All right. Because you got you got to use every aspect. What fun would it be if it was just like go to the bathroom and do an animal and you call me in an hour and when you're ready to play? That's so when- Instead, <laughs> I could be like put a little soap in there, make it real crampy and painful uh, for him and tell him he's a fucking weak little bitch and, you know, <laughs> rough him up a little bit. So so when you were fingering my butt, were you just were you kind of disappointed that like I could only take one or two? You got two. I think if you had gone a little bit longer, I probably could have gotten a third in there. I mean, I've had three before, yeah. but I'm just as part of you going like, this guy's such weak sauce. No. With his two finger bullshit. No, because you took a finger at all. And most men don't. Most men totally grossly underestimate the pleasure that comes from the stimulation of the prostate. I think more men do do it, but they won't admit it. That's probably true, too. I don't know. I, it's so weird now, though, to go from living in Manhattan for so many years where it's where like everybody wants in the butt. Yeah. Man, woman, straight, gay. They're like, it's put not, it it's in like, there. It's this lovely little liberal sex positive bubble. <laughs> and now I've moved back to the South and it's like missionary in the dark with the blinds closed. And then you're going to get slut shamed for it. And and this is why I asked the top, you know, why, <clears throat> how long has it been since you got laid? Because you're in you're on an island, right? Yep. With, um, like, nobody on it. Yep. I had to go off the island to get laid that time. He lived on his neighboring island. <laughs> how long did... Oh, my God. And how long did it take to get there? 45 minutes and two okay. bridges. <laughs> how many... Can you... Do you care to say how many people are roughly on the island? Uh, less than 5,000. Less than 5,000 people. Yeah. So Tinder's useless. Oh, my God. I signed up for Tinder in the winter, and there were, like, seven people on it. Three of them were tourists. One of them has a National Geographic reality show. Why? One of the tourists? No. Oh. <laughs> he was in town. For, they filmed the reality. He was not from the area, but they filmed the and reality show. And he was like, while I'm not on set, let me get some. <laughs> yeah, nice. basically. It was, it was so gross. 
Oh. And then all the others like either you had multiple. No. Ah. No, because it'll give it away too much. Okay. Okay. Um, but then like everybody else um, had either multiple children or every single picture was them holding a dead animal. <laughs> and it's it really like, starts to whittle down. Yeah. I'm your not. Options. I'm not into kids. Mm-hmm. Not looking to be somebody's stepmom. Not looking to have my own anytime soon. So that rules those dudes out. Okay. And. You know, if you want to hunt and you're going to actually eat it, that's cool. I just don't want to see the carcass. And please stop killing sharks because they're all going extinct right now. And I just don't, I can't handle it. A public service announcement, everyone. Yeah. Public <laughs> service announcements from, uh, from a penny <laughs> who likes sharks just a little bit too much. Yeah. <laughs> so so we met in an unusual way. And, yeah. and not com- I, it, it's, I'm starting to hear from other comedians, though, that it's like starting to become a little more common. Hmm. Uh, the Twitter hookup. You are still my first and only Twitter hookup. Mm, I like to be, I, I like being first. No offense, but I'm never doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> so was it the, was it just that it was from Twitter or was it the, or the scenario we had put together or was the, it the stranger aspect? It was definitely like the stranger danger aspect of it mm. all in that scenario. It's not, it's not something I've ever done and it's not really some, it's not something I'll ever do again. It's just, I started thinking about all the horrible things that have happened to friends and has happened to me and what could have gotten worse. And I was just like, you know what? No. I mean, on the other hand, like pretty sure I could have taken you in a fight. So I wasn't scared about it. Yeah. You're not, you're not a (laughs) tiny lady. No, I'm pretty tall. I used to box five days a week. You know, (laughs) I think I could have taken care of myself. Yeah. And at the time, my downstairs neighbor, he would have murdered you. So it's fine because he was trying to murder me. Well, oh yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, we we had uh, there was some Twitter exchange <laughs> back and forth. Yeah, I think I made fun of your choice in whiskey. Yes, you did. You did. This is back when I first started drinking whiskey alone. I was like, oh, I'm a live tweet. I'm gonna take. <laughs> I'm gonna take questions. I'm gonna do a drunk AMA, and I still do that from time to time. If you follow me on Twitter at the Billy Presida, <laughs> every once in a while I like to just get drunk, home alone with some whiskey, and uh, take people's questions. And you were just like, "What are you drinking?" I said, uh, "Like monkey shoulder." Yeah, I don't remember. It was some blended thing. Yeah. Gave me a hard time for it. Yeah. And then and then there's uh, some flirtation. So what we <laughs> what we arranged was well, I like the stranger danger element, which is like mm-hmm. hard to do safely um and responsibly. So I don't get to do it often. But right. I pitched it. And you were down, but Well, you also gave me some like background information so I could like Google stalk you a little bit. Yeah. And... <clears throat> Anytime I pitch this to people, I think I'm a lot able to get away with this more often just because I'm like, look, I'm a, you're going to have all the information on me. So, like, if I do totally murder you, there's no way I'm getting oh, away yeah, with no, it. Oh, yeah, no, definitely don't. I, I absolutely texted all of your information to my yeah. friends. was like, this guy's coming to my house. If I die, he did it or my neighbor did it. It's one of the two. And I tell people, when people ask me, like, how can I do stuff on Craigslist or Reddit? I always tell them that because I do that, too. Well, I even do that, like, with Tinder dates. Like, this, the guy that I slept with in May, I, we met on Tinder. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though we were Facebook friends, like I still, how why did you have to put that circle? What was your radius? 50 miles. 50 miles just to get some dick. <laughs> um, but no, I still like when one of my good friends, she has a photograph of my license plate. She knows all the details about my car. Um, I have like a, a tile on my keys. And so if I lose my, so I have mm-hmm. GPS devices and I tell her where I hide the GPS devices and his address and everything about and like this is him on Facebook. This is his address. And I, every time we move location, I, I have this friend that I text when I ever move location. Mm-hmm. And so, and I do the same too. My friend Katie is my person for that. Yeah. There's a good chance. She possibly got your address and <laughs> phone number, <laughs> you know, funny. when I came over, I don't and, think I gave them your number, but I did give them everything else basically. Right. Yeah. Um, 
And I always tell people to do that. If you're feeling uncomfortable, if you don't think it's going to be safe, if that's what you're worried about, just ask for some information and give that to a friend. Yeah. I mean, I think even if, even if you don't feel safe, if you're meeting a stranger from the internet, you should probably Especially have that. in your apartment. In your apartment when you've never met them before. Yeah. So I feel like that's, I mean, it's just sort of a common sense thing you have to do. Yeah. Well, the country's full of a lot of stupid people, okay? Yeah. People walking off cliffs playing Pokemon and, Go. And, you know, even, even sensible, reasonable people end up in really bad, dangerous situations. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been roofied three times. Which is ridiculous because I'm not an obscene, crazy person. I'm not going out with strangers all the time. You're like the one major exception to that. I'm well. You're welcome for not murdering you. I Thanks, guess, I appreciate it. I guess I did stranger <laughs> danger wrong. I guess I'm just a bad man. I'm not good at being no, a man. But what we arranged was like I was going to come over and mm-hmm. walk. You were going to leave your apartment door unlocked, mm-hmm. and you were just going to be in bed bottomless watching something on tv i think you were watching mash I was watching watching mash and drinking a little bourbon mm-hmm. <laughs> and we weren't going to exchange any words i was going to walk in yeah. get undressed and go down on you yeah and that's what i did i mean that that really was the appealing part because that's when i was just really i mean i'd always the dom thing had always sort of been there as like an identifier that i played around with a little bit but getting with that guy sort of just like took it even higher like yeah. i just really want to do this all the time with everybody mm-hmm. and so. i like a leading lady so <laughs> it seemed like a good fit mm-hmm. and uh and you know it's a lot easier to pitch stuff like this when i make the pleasure beyond them like i genuinely do like giving pleasure but it's a lot it's a much easier sell to be like let's do this and you get your pussy eaten than to be like well i'm gonna do we're gonna do all this crazy shit and you're gonna suck my cock like well, it's also it's a harder pitch. Well, it's also appealing as a woman because let's think about how many times the average girl has gone over to a guy's house and then blown him, and that's all that's happened. And I'm like, yes, this is what the dudes uh, are into. My turn, mm-hmm. bitches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just I'm trying to give out some reparations. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. <laughs> I do what I can. And if I remember, you were like somewhat vocal. I think you were directive because mm-hmm. I remember like not. I remember it not being. Like the most, I I feel like I either wasn't doing a great job or you weren't into it. Am I misremembering? Because I remember I we ended I mean, up I just, switching. I just don't usually. Yeah. I just don't usually come the first time with a new partner. Right. I think. Which that's I think what you I told warned me. you that too. I just I don't. Yeah. Um. And as soon as I and as soon as I know that, then I'm fine because yeah. I'm like, all right, she's gonna tell me if I'm doing a if it feels good or feels bad. She's told me don't expect an orgasm, so now let's just have a good time. Yeah. You know when yeah. you're not too many people obsess about. Like, did you come? Did you come? Did you come? Yeah, I'm like, and that just adds so much pressure because yeah. then I'm definitely not going to come. Yeah. Now you're worried about it. He's worried about yeah. it. If everyone just f- focused on like, does this feel good? That should be the question. Those, I mean, those situations are literally the only time I've ever faked orgasm is when he's just been like, I got to make you come. I got to make you come. And then I got to fake it because we're going to be here for fucking ever. Mm-hmm. And I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> Nobody has that kind of time. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. I was probably in and out in like an hour and a half. Yeah. If that. Yeah. I think you were down there for like a good 20 minutes or so. Yeah. Oh, I meant like in your apartment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You had like as in the I got things to do. Um, yeah. It was like I'm in. I'm down there. I think there. you had like a party or something to go to. I had more boxes to pack. <sighs> I think I was going to go make my sub sound himself for a while. Something like oh, that. Sounding. <laughs> oh. Ow. <laughs> Thinking the that word. I just love it so much. It's so, so much, much pain. I love it. Do you want to tell the listeners who do not know what sounding is, which by the way, how do you listen to my show and not know what sounding is? I feel like is? somebody it, has to know what it is. By it's now, come you've up. talked about it before. Oh, yeah. We had uh, we had 
Lady Zombie, who uh, who's a professional dominatrix. We've had her on talking about it. It's come up in other uncomfortable episodes. <laughs> But you want you to fill in the newbies. So sounds are metal rods. They're essentially uh, dilators for the urethra. And it is just exactly what you think it is if, when you think of dilator for the urethra. It's a, it's a no, stainless because... steel metal rod that you drop down a man's pee hole. Right. And that sounds like clinical and uh, soft and gentle. But the video I saw <laughs> that scarred me when I was 18... I think it was the kids in the sandbox. This was back when like two girls, one cup was happening. Oh. And there were all the, there was the tub oh. girl. Oh. And there's all those tub like girl. little urban legend type things where you give someone a, um, a safe URL. Like, oh, just type kids in the sandbox.com. Yeah, that's how I got tub girl once on my birthday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was like kids in the sandbox. And it starts off, it's really hot. This hot chick, great tits. She's got the sky. She's, they, they're panning down and she's got his, cock in the hand and we're like great this is gonna be a good thing and then she brings out this rod and starts jamming it angrily in, oh like, no no just no, no. You, dilding. Don't know. you don't do that she, no, 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 she no, was no. ramming and dildoing mm-hmm. this guy she was fucking this that's dude's urethra side. that's not my side. and that is uh i'm much more when i'm when i'm doming i'm much more into extending your pleasure through subtle activities and then dragging it out until you literally cannot handle it and you're just a begging, weeping pile of crap on the floor. <laughs> and then I decide whether or not you come. You need to be you need to be completely broken, crying and desperate. Oh my gosh, that's so And so then nine sadistic. times out of ten I won't let him come. Oh my god. Well I, I, I th- make him ruin it. Thank you. Thank you for letting me come that time. Um <laughs> I like making people come. Yeah, me too. Me too. I mean, that's and a- and that's the thing is like when with these with the sub and like in the subs and and bringing them to that point and sort of ruining their orgasm and making it miserable for them. That's because that's what they want ultimately. Right. So they want to they want that ruined orgasm. Do they just go and jerk off later about it? Is that what it is? Like at some point, like what with the pleasure it part? Depends. Is it, I mean, some or is of it purely them- mental? It's a it's a combination of the two. I mean, it, uh-huh. it it really depends. Like the so the one that I was with, we were we were together on and off for about a year. Um, he usually wouldn't go on and masturbate after. If he ruined it, then that was it. Sometimes, depending upon the way that we ruined it in the play that we had beforehand, we would go in and we would go over for a second round, and he would come at the end of the second round. Okay. Or um, we did a lot of work with edging too, um, and so like just really dragging it out and working on his stamina and his ability to what was the longest you edged a guy i don't know i think one time we did it for about 20 minutes while he about three pounds of weights hanging from his balls oh oh okay uh <laughs> was that with a piercing or with a, a different device Mm-mm, no so we bound his balls um in like a really soft nylon cable or shoelace, actually, we used a shoelace. We bound his balls, and then we used fishing weights and and lure hooks and mm. hung those from the shoelace. Ooh, yeah. And then we also we also did it with a parachute a couple of times. The parachute's a little bit safer way of going about it, and that's where we really. I think one time we hit five. Well, you know, with yeah, when you when you're hanging stuff from balls, you want to be safe. Uh, you, well, yeah, you got to consider all that during stuff. this insanely unsafe activity. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, it's just like, you know, with autoerotic asphyxiation, you have to be you have to be careful about what you're doing. I mean, these could be potentially dangerous acts. Mm-hmm. So it was with the parachute that we would do like the really heavy stuff. And that I think we did. I think we got pretty close to, if not five pounds of fishing weights with the parachute. Wow. Yeah. He came everywhere. <laughs> what? Um, so where where'd your deviance come from? I was raised Southern Baptist mm-hmm. by Republicans. So I was told things like front hugs will send me to send me to hell. And I was made to stand up in front of the congregation and say that I would never have sex before marriage. And I was like 10 years old going, this is fucking, this is bullshit. That's so dumb. And then I don't, I think beyond growing up with that sort of repressed background, um, I had some not so great, sexual assault encounters when I was very, very young. My earliest memory of one when it was, I was in seventh grade and I recall thinking not this again. So I know there was something before that. I just don't remember it. And then being afraid of my sexuality because of those two things. And then I met this great guy. He's an amazing, amazing person. And I don't think he even realized he did this, but he helped me work through a lot of that shit and started to realize that, you know, Sex is incredibly powerful, and I hold the cards in all of this. He was actually ultimately, in retrospect, the first submissive person I was also with. And we still we still hook up all these years later, um, and he's very submissive now. But it was sort of realizing that sex was about power, and I, I could choose that power even when men were trying to take it away from me. I could still step up and take that power back. Mm. And then just I'm just a genuinely curious person. I need to try new things. I need to learn new things. I have to constantly be learning new things. And so for me, ultimately, my ultimate kink is I just, what are you into? Let's do that. What limits can we push? How so, far can we go? So when I'm like, hey, stranger danger, Twitter hookup, you're like, okay, is he going to, let's figure out the safest way to do this and try a new thing. Exactly. Right. Yeah, that's basically what it boiled down to. It was like, if I ever do this situation, this is probably the safest way the situation can be because I can, I have all this identifying information about him. People will find him if something happens to me. So let's roll. Yeah. Wow. Did anything ever, did did you know who, do you remember who the sexual assaults are from? Uh, you're probably going to get some hate mail for this, so I apologize. 90% of them are from sailors, um, enlisted young men in the military. I grew up in a military town. Okay. And like my, the first time I was ever roofied, it was by a sailor. Anytime I was ever groped in public or, um, woke up, I was, you know, 15 years old and their phone rings at three o'clock in the morning and it's a guy jerking himself off to you, telling you horrible things that you've never heard before because you're 15 and you've never even kissed a boy. And so that all of the, all of those were all sailors. Um, and also just like randos in Starbucks. Like I would go to Starbucks and get a coffee and there was like a dude who every time I came into Starbucks would whip his dick out and start jerking it right there in the middle of Starbucks. In, in the South. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Did you ever get any retribution on any of those? Mm -mm. No. Uh, Uh, I had a stalker once he's in jail now, but that's because he murdered somebody. Oh, not me. Okay. (laughs) No attempts made on my life. Um, but yeah, he's in jail. But that's the no, that's the only thing. Well, actually, no, I take that back. Um, the, so the first guy who roofied me, we were in a nightclub, and the nightclub was owned by my best friend's boy, best friend's roommate's boyfriend owned it. Mm. And he found out he curb stomped the guy. Not enough to kill him, but he did break his jaw. Oh fuck! Yeah. Um. And I had a I had this in- incredible community of people around me, and they took me home, and they took care of me, and they made sure nothing happened to me, which was awesome. Um, the other two, I got no retribution from those. One of them was a revenge roofie. He was, didn't even want to do anything. He just wanted to get revenge. 
because I rejected him. Jeez. But, and how and how do you you know deal with those? Because you're such a, like a sexual awesome person, you know, now and everything. You have. I tend to like try and step back and be sort of analytical about things and sort of, and try and understand like, you know, these scenarios, there was nothing I could have done differently to avoid them. Mm. There was absolutely nothing I could have done differently. There are bad people in this world and I associated with a couple of them and that that's just a risk you take, but you can't let it become everything. You can't let it eat away at you. You just have to say, okay, this is a thing that happened. These are the lessons that I learned onward. You did. You did roll with some some curious people. It's a, it's a weird segue to go, but <laughs> you have quite the fucking past. Like your deviance is <laughs> is long. It goes a long way back. You, you used to fuck around with like rock stars, right? Yeah. Well, I never had sex with them because I was underage and they didn't know I was underage. And I do have morals. Uh-huh. So um, <laughs> some of them are pretty famous now. I'm not gonna name names. Not gonna name any of them. No. Not like a C-lister? No, these are like... Well, one of them's huge. I remember one of the names. Okay. And yeah. he's like, he's he's, he's monstrous. Yeah. 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 And, the, and the, uh, there are a couple who are probably like C-listers, but they've dated and collaborated with A-listers. Mm-hmm. So people still know who they are. And... How did you find yourself an underage girl with, uh, with rock stars? Well, you just like made out with some, right? That was all it was. A couple hand jobs, I think. No, 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 not even a hand job. Oh, okay. I was 16. They thought I was 21. But I, because I looked 21 when I was 16, but I wasn't mm-hmm. going to, I wasn't going to put them in that situation. I wasn't going to do, I mean, that could be dangerous for them. That could have, when I met them, their careers were just beginning. They were just starting and I wasn't going to ruin somebody's life because I was horny. Ha. Huh. Huh. So <laughs> I try to be very conscious. Such a, such a smart, intelligent 16 year old. I try to be aware of my actions and how they affect those around me. Okay. But yeah. So, you know, some good memories though. <laughs> Come on. Sh- share, share a few memories. No, just like, you know, you're standing in this middle, in the middle of this crowd and he's singing this incredibly sexy song and all these girls are screaming and they're fit, like just going nuts, but he's singing it to you mm-hmm. and you know, he is because he told you he was going to be, and he's looking at you the whole time. And it's like, it's electric and it's so cool, but not being, but also just knowing that you can't do anything about it, which is frustrating, Ooh. but the right thing to do. I mean, at the end of the day, being able to say that I lost my virginity in the back of the tour bus to this guy who was now a super famous dude would be awesome. <laughs> but I like my story now and I think it's a much better uh-huh. story. Well, what's your, your virginity story now? We met on MySpace. Oh, this social media hookup thing seems to be a, a dating, norm for you. And it's dating me a little bit, too. Um, yeah. The fact that MySpace was a Well, thing. you're like, what, mid-30s, early 30s? I'll be 30 in, Dece- in the winter, December. You'll be 30 in the winter. Oh, that's okay. What are you talking about dating you? No. <laughs> um, usually people, when I say I met a, my first boyfriend, real boyfriend, on MySpace, they're like, whoa, you're so old. Well, I'm 27. <laughs> um, I remember yeah, so MySpace. We, it was the summer before my freshman year of college and he sent me a message because there was like a, a message board about the incoming freshman. He sent me a message and said, I had really cool tastes in music. Mm-hmm. We uh, spent a long time talking to each other on AOL Instant Messenger. Ooh, throwback. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then one day we ran into each other at a party and 
physically he wasn't my type at all. Mm-hmm. Still not my type. Never has been my type. But that know. you know he it's really just, he really liked that one band. <laughs> Turns you he on. He had great taste in music and movies and and then he kissed me and it was just unreal. Still to this day, nobody has ever kissed me the way he kissed me. I felt it in every fiber. I felt it in the tips of my toes, the end of my hair. And we were together off and on for three and a half, not quite four years. Um, and when I finally lost my virginity to him, it was towards the end of that. I made him wait a long time. <laughs> I had some package I had to get rid of. Yeah. And it's gone. Thank goodness. It's all gone. But <laughs> You were still lamenting not losing your virginity in the back of that tour bus. Have you ever regretted not banging the big the? You said some names. I was like, okay, okay. You said the one name where I was like, yo. Um, do you ever regret? Sometimes some nude photos of him came out a few years ago, and I was just like, man. Now he's married. It's that one, right? Yeah. Okay. Do you you never go like oh, I should have banged him? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, but then I go back and I think about my first time with this guy and. He made a playlist for the occasion. I worked. Oh, he's cute. I worked in the music industry for a really, really long time. So that's the way to get to my heart. And that's how I met these guys as I was working in the industry. Um, and he made a playlist and there were candles and he had my favorite beer. And we, it was just very sweet and that romantic. Is. And it was loving. I mean, it was, we were in love. Was Meatloaf on the playlist? No. That's how you get to my heart. It was all really early. It was really early Kings of Leon, pre sex on fire, Kings of Leon. A lot of it was that. It was a little heavy on that, actually. But, <laughs> but that's what he was into at the time. And yeah, I don't know. It was great. We were in love and it was it was a good experience. Okay. Okay. After after I left, totally different train of thought. After I left your place that night, the stranger from Twitter with some fucking <laughs> sex show. Yeah. What was your thought? Who would just like you just said pointed his cock on his face and made him jerked him off onto his face with a finger in his ass. <laughs> I immediately texted my best friend who was like, let me tell you about this thing I just did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause she's, I mean, she's been in a re- monogamous relationship for 10 years now. So she likes to live vicariously through me and I've written, she calls it the man map. It's this many, many page document of every man I've ever dated or you? slept with. Yeah. Oh, th- this I is wrote my this her. is my woman map, I guess, the show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yours is all recorded and mine's written down on a Google Drive somewhere. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dude, what was uh, her reaction? She laughed. She laughed so hard. She still laughs. She's yeah? still like, hey, you remember that time? <laughs> yeah. No, so she I was actually, I was hanging out with one of her friends last night that I just met for the first time. And her friend was like, so this girl told me I have to ask you about your man map. Huh? <laughs> I was like, okay, let me tell you about my, my document about every dude I've boned. Well, what was your, what was your thoughts? Um, I laughed. When I left. I left really hard. Yeah. Cause it was absurd. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. Yeah. I made fun of you on Twitter. You came to my house. I put my fingers in your butt till you came on my, on your face. That's absurd. <laughs> but then I also, I love the absurd. I have such a deep, awesome love for the absurd. And so the fact that it happened, I was like, yeah, of course. Of course this is something that happened in my life. It's fine. It's no big deal. I, I, love, uh, I love those types of, it's good to have those stories. Yeah. I mean, and I, those stories are what make me the happiest. Like a couple of weeks ago, 
I was drinking beers on a fishing pier, watching people bring in big old fish. Next thing I know, I'm drinking beers with the starting center of a major, of a professional football team, and he and his brother are hitting on me at the same time. And then I ended up on a fishing boat, a multi-million dollar fishing boat with a sea captain. Banging both the brothers? No. Did you bang either? I didn't bang either one. Damn I it! Know, I could have played. I could have had. You're so fun. bad at not. You keep not hooking up with these big famous. He people. was married. I don't fuck married guys anymore. Could fucked his brother. He was married too. Oh, I'm sorry. I know. I don't do that. And the one time I did it, he was separated, and it doesn't count. Is that so. is that your your stance? You won't fuck married. Period. Not unless it's and not unless the wife is consenting. If all no, parties, well, are I mean, consenting, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. If all parties are consenting, then yeah. Otherwise, no. Not I have a, I, my stance is uh, I won't like go after someone who's married, but if they're coming on to me and I'm into it, uh, I'm not going to go asking questions. I don't think it's my responsibility to like See, make them not cheat because they're not gonna, they're going to go cheat with someone else. My thing is, I've been cheated on a lot, mm. and so remembering the amount of pain that it brought me to be cheated on or to find out that I was secretly the other woman and I didn't know it. And that level of intense hurt and pain, I would never, ever, ever want to cause that to another human being. But like, you're not causing that. But the I shitty, am. But the I shitty am. cheater is causing that. No, but that. I am causing that because I'm consenting to cheat with this person. Ultimately, but you're, you're ultimately, not, but you're not cheating. They're ultimately cheating. he is the one that is violating the vows right. that he made to this person but i am facilitating that violation but as soon as he hits on you if you do not reach out and tell the wife you're still facilitating the cheating not no if but he you're hits still on facilitating me and, it it'll because st- he's gonna go do it he's no, gonna, if he's hitting on me he's already cheated. shut it down yeah but if he's hitting okay that's fair but let's say you find out over the course of the hitting on before you it's not my job it, so the thing it's not my job to protect her it is however my job not, to not facilitate continue to facilitate that hurt right but if he's gonna cheat he's gonna cheat if, but he doesn't have to if do y'all it make me. out at the bar and then at the he, end of the day it's still like karma at the end of the day i'm not facilitating i'm not participating i'm not getting involved that's their life that's their mess i want nothing to do with it all right scenario i just want to go home and meditate and hang out in my garden i don't want to scenario you make out at the bar right with with this dude you've been talking to if he was married i never would make out with him let me finish (laughs) you say let's go back to your place you can't my wife's there then you're like oh you're married he'd be like yeah is that a problem then you're like yeah shut down yeah you're like i don't want to facilitate it anymore this is a very plausible scenario you may not find out he's married right out of the gate, yeah, I know, right? and I have, and I have dated men who, by the, who were like several months into the relationship, sure. were like, "Oh, by the way, I have a girlfriend," and it's like, "Well, bye." Now, if you do not tell the girlfriend or the wife, you are still facilitating the cheating. I don't know. I, I, mm, mm, I, I think you were. Still it's not fa- my responsibility to tell them. It's also, also not any- my responsibility to make them uh, not cheat. But but what you're saying, I'm not saying I'm not going to make them cheat. What I'm saying is they're not going to be cheating with me. But what I'm what I'm trying to say is that if your your reason is you don't want to facilitate cheating, uh, then you are also responsible for telling because you're still facilitating it. That's fine. If, if, if I even if I ever stay dishonest, most of these men you don't know their last name. You don't know how to get in touch with their wives. If I knew how to get in touch with their wives, I'd tell them. Yeah. Yeah. Why okay. not? I'd want to know. Okay. If I knew, if I knew, like, there, I just like consistent there logic. Was, I that's mean, all. there was like, there's one, like, flirting is harmless. Buying me a beer, telling me I'm hot, flirting, that's fine. That's harmless. The guy's wife was there. 
she didn't care because he she knew that he was coming home for dinner later. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter who gets to get you hungry so long as you come home for dinner later. That's right? how she was looking at it. Yeah. And so in that scenario, that was great. But like a couple of weeks prior, the guy who was showing me pictures of all the different women he wished he was with instead of his wife, I wanted to call her and tell her because she's in a different state taking care of his children mm-hmm. while he's living on an island boning anything that moves and that's not right and if i knew how to get in touch with her i would have told her because right. she can do better than that like i said i just i appreciate consistency i guess i'm just too old and tired i don't care do what you want to do just don't drag me into it fair i'm not gonna well, well not in your scenario to... you're on an island where like everyone knows each other yeah down there they that's say... a little different i'm talking about like if you <laughs> were in manhattan there, down there they say you never lose your boyfriend or girlfriend you just lose your turn ha <laughs> 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 So I'm not actively dating any of them. I am dating other people who live off the island. But, okay. Um, but not getting involved with. Not getting into island politics. Not into that. I don't want to. Because it's like. A, so one of my good friends lives down there too. And he's dating a girl. And it's like. I know everything about this girl. I don't know who she is. I've never met her. But I know who she's dated before. And I judge her for who she's dated before. Because that guy's gross. And right. now my friend's dating her. And I just don't you like, hate that when like you're. But it's also there's so few people to choose from. And if this is who he's choosing to be with, then I'm not going to say anything. Okay, but not the island aside. We've all dated gross people. Right. But back when you were like up here in civilization, okay? (laughs) Didn't didn't that kind of like irk you if you like saw a picture of like a chick who is way less attractive than you that he had been with? Because then you're like, oh, man, does that bring me down to like their level? See, that's the other thing, too, is like so most most of the men I've been involved with i am the exact opposite of every person they've ever dated yeah personality wise sexually physically the exact opposite so when they go back to girls like that and then they're texting me at two o'clock in the morning telling me that they're miserable and they miss me and i was funnier Mm -hmm. and smarter and better in bed than any of them Mm -hmm. then it does make you sort of question things but at the same time you just i don't know i guess you just can't read that much into it i am different and i just have to so, so for you, it's not like uh, thinking that you were like uh, less attractive than them, but you were like the, you had a better personality than them. Well, yeah. And then the thing that gets to you, though, and you, and you have to learn to not let it get you down is you have to wonder, OK, he's miserable with this type of girl. He said he was happy with me. He said he's never had better sex. He's never laughed as hard. He's never been as challenged intellectually. He's never had as good of a time as when he was with me. Right. But when he, but goes then to the he nightclub- chooses her. And then tells me about how miserable he is and how much he misses me. What am I doing wrong that he's not wanting to commit to me? So you have to start, and that starts to like get embedded. Can, that can little I, worm gets can in I there. Take a guess. Are the other girls like these, like typical model type chicks? Not even typical model type. They're just like typical Uggs and Nicholas Sparks and <laughs> missionary with the lights off and. Mm-hmm basic bitch why men like physically physically they're That's all they're all ju- yeah they're all they're all pretty girls right they're all thin pretty blonde girls you know they're diamond they're, they're the same girl they're all the same girl it's all the same tinder photo yeah yeah yeah. And so that's sort of like that little worm gets planted in your head and then you start to wonder and then you start to doubt and then you start to question and then you move to remote island <laughs> and then you stop because you realize you didn't want to be with those guys anyhow. You didn't want them to commit to you. You know what? Because that the- guy cares too much what his buddies think about the exactly. what the looks of the chicky dates. And I don't think I'm an ugly girl by no, any stretch of the all. imagination. So it's like, 
obviously that if they want to be vaguely superficial, then that's fine. At the end of the day, I'm still walking away with the confidence of them being whimpering little, I miss you. You're the best sex I ever had. And I can just go ahead and pat myself on the you back and chance. keep on going. Yeah, you, you had, had your chance, chance, buddy. You had your chance. You chose wrong. I'm moving on to greener pastures. Good on you. <laughs> um, you did uh, You did some sex work back in the day. You actually are the one who introduced me to fucking Luke Jackson. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, if y'all remember episode, it's like back in the 50s, I think like maybe 54, 55, I had uh, Luke Jackson, who is a straight male escort for women, which I always have, I say I have to use all those redundant terms <laughs> next to each other because I have to clarify, like, yes, women pay to fuck him yeah. and go out with him. And- it boggles people's mind. They don't understand how that could be a thing. And it's like, of course, it's a thing. Let's think about how scared men are of high powered women who make more money than them. Mm-hmm. And he's not scared of that. Not at all. I welcome it. I, I'm still <laughs> looking for my first client. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, he's a good guy. He's yeah. a good guy. We've had a, we've been friendly for a really long time now. Now he got you into sex work, right? Or we talked about it, but I never got the opportunity to actually go into it. Oh, okay. And there were some opportunities pre- presented. Like I remember there was one one year that was like he was. Oh, I don't remember. It, it just it was presented, but I was in the middle of moving. And I did the move myself on a crosstown bus. Mm-hmm. It was not the time. Oh, to... so you did it. So you didn't do sex work. Mm-mm. Oh, the opp- no, know. the opportunity has presented itself, but I've never actually done it. I would, I would do it in a heartbeat. I have no problem with it, mm. but it's just, it's just not presented itself. But you know, if he comes across somebody else and I fit what they're looking for, yeah, I'm happy to. Well, like a, like a threesome client type of thing. Yeah. Threesome. Where they're like, Hey, I need um, a girl. Yeah, threesome, cuckolding. I would absolutely do dom work professionally, for mm-hmm. sure. I would do that professionally. Um, I think cuckolding would be a lot of fun, too. Especially with him, because... I mean, he's just like... I mean, it's what a fucking I mean, he's specimen just, of a human. And I... You know, we've known each other for a long time, so I feel like that... We don't... We're not, like, besties or anything, but... Um, we know enough about each other that we could really humiliate somebody. <laughs> to it. <laughs> that, guy, that guy would be getting a good show. So. Really, really good. Uh, just a Dom improv team. Yeah. yeah I, think, <laughs> I think it could go well. <laughs> uh, can we just get a suggestion from the audience? Um, dirty faggot. Yeah. Okay. Let's work. Let's roll with that. Okay. Yeah, we... No, I think it. <laughs> yeah. It's something I would, abs- I would absolutely do. I, I, I thought about it for a long time before I met him and then I met him and we became friendly and we used to talk a lot back in did, the day. Now, did you meet him before or before he started doing escorting or no? No, I met him after he had started escorting. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I didn't meet him in that capacity. Right. No, yeah, yeah. You got it for free. <laughs> yes. You got that big old <laughs> swinging dick for free. First, I got like a oh, you friendship, got per- friendship, and, personality, you know, laughter, and stuff. You know, but knowing you also each other, got that knowing each other is actual human beings. <laughs> no, we. It was a long time ago. I think I was either in college or had just finished college, and we were in neighboring towns. Um, and then we lost touch for a few years, and then we reconnected. He was living here, and I was living here, and it was awesome. It was nice to see him again. Good dude, just a good dude. Smart guy, very fun smart to talk guy. to. Yeah. He's uh, going to be my escorting coach. <laughs> You're going to do it? You're going to take the plunge? Yeah. I, I said if I can hit 195 pounds, I will feel like you know I won't be ripping anyone off. <laughs> I feel like a lot of it's not just about the physical, though. It's Right. No, totally mental. However, there's still like 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I need to. You need to also look good. Um, I mean, but if they're paying for you, they know what they're getting into. There's right. What I'm saying is, I don't think I would get the. I would get the, the as many of a client. Um, I don't know. I don't That's know. probably in my head. There's probably someone right now being like, "I'll pay." I got ten dollars, <laughs> Billy. Can I? I pledge ten dollars to the Patreon. I don't get. I can't can I get a pussy madam? licking. Can I be your madam? Oh, 100%. Okay, awesome. Right now, no, this is a very official. If you can find someone who wants to pay for my company, like, uh, okay. 100%. That's take fun. whatever awesome. cut you got to take. All right, cool. That's, th- yeah, that's a, that's a long I would totally st- be a madam. That'd be badass. A madam for dudes? Yeah. Like, that'd be awesome. No, I would do that. That is a long standing, that is an open offer. All right. Just hit me up when it occurs, if ever. The only scenarios that have been pitched at me lately have been cuckolding scenarios. Um, I could do that. I actually probably could have booked one this weekend. Uh, cuckolding where, like, on a woman, you mean? or No, as in he and I go out and we go back to a hotel room and then I have a male friend show up and we tie that guy to a chair. And then my friend and I bone in front of him oh. and tell him that he's a worthless piece of crap. Yeah, sure, sure. So I actually, I probably could have. I, I probably should have. What knowing this was happening, he was going to give me a grand. What, what would have my cut been? I don't know. It depends on your performance. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah no long-standing offer i, I can always use the extra cash yeah, no and dang, good story i wish i i should have i don't know he and I, I wasn't super into him i we didn't really vibe so that's why i didn't do it i guess i should have knowing that, that i was going to do this interview i probably mm. should have and then be yeah. like i just had my first professional experience yeah and then we could have just debriefed it yeah that would have been great next next time next time, next time and All we'll right. record again afterwards All right. <laughs> Um, is there anything else you, I think I hit the things I wanted Twitter and you felt absurd about it. We did, uh, we talked about stranger play, be safe, get some info, give it to your girlfriend. Um, Luke Jackson, what a swell individual monster (laughs) cock. You made me come on my face. So you're the first person to make me do that. Really? Yeah. And also again, cause it wasn't like this, this like, um, like a BDSM thing. It wasn't this like DS no, no, scenario because I don't like the paradigm. I, I don't want to call someone mistress. Uh, I just want the leading lady. Yeah. Um, I want someone who's in charge. And that was uh, d- delightful. Oh, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, that. Yeah, the wipes. Is... <laughs> I was prepared. You were very prepared. I was a Girl Scout. For <laughs> some stranger to come eat your pussy in your apartment. Well, you know. Your I'm... unlocked apartment, you psycho. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> what was I thinking? Oh, my gosh. You crazy what person. What was I thinking? And then, and then think about it. Me. Like, I'm the one who goes around pitching this. I just <laughs> I just pitched this to a girl. This Next Friday, I am going to be doing something very similar. You crazy. You want to know how crazy? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably jinxing it right now by saying it. but Because this is going to come out a, a while from now. But... The pitch is, uh, she, <laughs> this is crazy. This is crazy <laughs> what you did. She's going to leave her door unlocked. Did I ever send you like that story? Of, yeah. That yeah, story yeah. where I was blindfolded and left everything? Okay. Yeah. They've heard that story. Cool. Oh, that girl did the, the podcast. So, oh, did she? Yeah. Hers comes out, I think, uh, next month. But, oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. I have to listen to it. Andy. Um, I've, this is the first time I saw her. Because <laughs> I didn't, I never oh, saw, never I never saw her, her uh, and oh I had forgotten gosh. the picture 
that I had seen before we had met. So I literally did not know who was going to show up. Oh wow! I kind of knew what size she was going to be, but that was about it. That's uh... see, I've never, I've never <laughs> done that. I've always known. I'd like to try and get to know the first name and last name of everybody who's ever been inside of me. Okay. Try to be a little classy about it. I don't know. I'm actually, I'm act, I'm actually right now actively trying to not have sex. Well, I don't. You know where you're living. I don't think you have to try that hard. Well, it was something I was sort of tossing around even before I left the city. Um, sort of wondering if my being free and open with my sexuality was ultimately hurting my relationship. That's what I thought. I was getting, I was getting very close before starting the show to being like, maybe I'm, maybe I'm too slutty. Maybe I shouldn't be. But then I was like, but that's, I, I, well, enjoy, I mean, I never, know. I always, I always did. I only never did it if I wanted to do it. I always enjoyed it. I don't ever regret right. except for that one guy who had a fish tattoo. I do regret that. <laughs> um, and that's fish with a pH. Yeah, just yeah. To, no, I'm yeah, aware. Yeah, I have a dead looked, father, so he looked like a hot Zach Galifianakis. Uh, and then I woke up the next morning, and he had a fish tattoo, and I was like, "What have I done?" Uh, and then there was the finance guy who bruised my vagina. But overall, vigorous like, fingering. I regretted that as well. And the guy who cried the whole time. I regretted that as well. Okay, it seems like you have a lot more regrets than you were first willing to admit. <laughs> but they're funny regrets, right? Right. I mean, the guy was crying while his cat was scratching the bug out of him, and I'd known him for like three hours. He's like, "I just love you so much." And I'm like, I don't know your name. That was weird. But he had air conditioning and there was a hurricane happening. So I get, that's why I, I get went that. home with him. I get that. <laughs> I had sex with someone because they had air conditioning and I didn't. Yeah. I've been there. That's fine. Um, it's fine. But it's like. He's married and happy now. So it's cool. But it's like that. that's your sexuality and that's what you wanted to do. And there's that like having a great sex should not bar you from also being loved. What I was doing, though, is I was putting so much emphasis on the sex that the only vulnerability that I was experiencing with other people was sexual vulnerability. Mm. There was no emotional vulnerability. There was the sex was always coming first. And so like I'm kind of sort of seeing a guy now um, and we'd spoke on the phone every night for a month before we met face to face. Like really getting to know each other, and sex is not even on the table right now. Right. It's not. We're both very busy people. It's a very. It's a tourist economy, so we're both making money while we can. Um, and if we become a thing, we won't decide that for months down the line until we've really gotten to know each other and and learn about the journey that sort of brought us to where we are now. And I, and because we've both recently gone through like periods of growth and self evaluation and and trying to figure out where it is that we want our lives to go and what we want out of a relationship what we want out of sex. Um, and so n- sex is just not on the table at all with this person. And it's been fascinating and so much more rewarding. I mean, I've had amazing sexual encounters. Amazing. I've got mm-hmm. great stories. I've had great sex. <sighs> I've pushed boundaries. I've done things that horrify people. I've done hilarious uh. things. I-, I couldn't be happier with my past experiences. Even the crying guy and the guy with the fish tattoo. But it's fascinating now to try and approach it from emotional vulnerability and just a place of pure and total honesty and laying just laying your cards on the table Mm. before anybody knows what anybody's genitalia looks looks like or tastes like or anything. It's wonderful. It's a new challenge for me. It's not something I've ever done before. And you're not getting any like FOMO, any fear of missing out? No. Because you've, you know, you've done the things. Yeah. I mean, I... What what left is there for you to conquer? This is this is love. It seems like <laughs> this is. I've tried a lot of different kinks. I've tried a lot of different kinks. I'm open to trying most kinks. For me, what's pushing the boundary the most is allowing somebody to know me beyond my op- 
my openness to kinks and things in the bedroom mm-hmm. to, and, and we talk about mundane things. I mean, we spent three hours on the phone talking about Otis Redding and thunderstorms, <laughs> but I learned more about him in that conversation than I could have any other way. So it's, and if nothing happens, that's great. If nothing happens with him, it's been an awesome learning experience. It's pushed me to do things I would have never done before, which is cool. But it's also weird because it's like I was on a boat with the sea captain and he was so hot. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he had the biggest dick. It had a big, gorgeous dick. And I'm not even normally that into super big dicks. But he had a beautiful one. And it just, I didn't have sex with him. I turned it down. I gave him my number, told him to call me, and then I came. I flew up here. So it's like, it's a, it's a new phase for Penny. New phase for Penny. Good for you. Trying new things. That learning sounds, new things. That sounds beautiful. Well, that, and you cannot deny that the buildup before you sleep with somebody for the first time oh, it's is just, amazing. I mean, that's, that's the best. The best sex I've ever had has always been like when there's been like a lot of buildup. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. he's got you up against the wall before the door even shuts behind you. Yeah. Yeah. And now what do you, now no one, now, you know, you're fucking someone for three months. You don't throw him up against the door anymore. You, you walk in and you put your stuff down, but I got to check Twitter. I'll be right. I got to go do that. And, uh, and then, then you, you take off your socks and, and then you start fooling around rather than that fucking primal, like, oh my God, we're finally going to see each other naked thing. Yeah. And that's I the like best. that's, that's the thing. So in addition to trying new things and learning new things, the thing that turns me on the most is just that primal animalistic. I just have to have you right now thing. There's no sex better than that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't agree. know. I hear sex with people you're in love with. That's supposed to be pretty good too. It's pretty but... wonderful, but it helps if you're both also just like <laughs> rocking in bed. Yeah. Like it can be intimate and sweet, but it's better when it's intimate, sweet, and also hot oh, yeah. sex. I'm not saying that I want to yeah. like, like I want to make Nicholas Sparks make love to him in the sand. No, I want to, I want to make love no, to them I mean, in the sand, but raw. I also want to be like a really good deep fucking. Yeah, I mean, it's where you also feel a, an yeah, emotional it's connection. Like this guy, I mean, yeah, we're gonna turn on a really killer playlist. We're gonna have some great music going, and then we're both gonna walk away with bruises. Because in the words of Jenna Maroney, if you're not walking away with bruises and bite marks, you're doing it wrong. Give us some tips on how to make a good sex playlist. You think you could do that? No, good sex playlist. I don't yeah? know. No, I couldn't. Playlists are so personal. You need to, like a generic sex playlist? No, no, no. Not like uh, which songs, but just like tips on how to create one. I think I'm a little too high fidelity for that. Too little, a little too high fidelity? Okay. Yes, I assume you've seen the movie. I'm a little too. I, I read I, the book. Only, only saw it like six months ago. The making, I know I'm doing high fidelity to the podcast, but apparently I'm... The making of a playlist for somebody, and maybe it's just because I worked in music for so long and this was just part of our culture in that industry, but the making of playlists for somebody is a very intimate act that in which you have to not only have a broad understanding and appreciation of the various types of music, but you also have to just sort of be very empathetic and get to know this person. What do they want? What are they going to want to hear? What's something new that I can introduce them to? What's something good that they're going to get hooked and on? And where can I place meatloaf? Bill, no meatloaf. Why no meatloaf? Meatloaf is not sexy. What meatloaf is very sexy? No. What is wrong with meat? Mm. No meatloaf. Mm. No. no. Makes me angry. No. 
Sorry, no meatloaf. Because it's got to build. It's got to, the mixtape itself has to have a rhythm. You got to decide the mood of the mixtape. You have to, you have, and it also comes with like, you have to know how to read a person and read their moods and just sort of intuitively know people and understand people in general and then use that knowledge to get into the head of the person you're trying to make this playlist for. What mood do they want? What rhythm do they want? So that lays out what patterns, how many slow songs, how many fast songs, how fast, how slow. There's going to be a crescendo, a buildup, and it comes down a little bit, then it can come back up again before you have the denouement. And you have to, this is my favorite thing because you want to reveal part of yourself and you want to appeal to things that they're going to love. And you also want to introduce them to something new and discover something new together. The mixtape is a very intimate thing. And I get so into playlists. It would take me hours. It would probably take me weeks to put together a proper playlist. Really? Yeah. Because I got to go through everything. Hmm. My music, so my music collection, I've lost a lot of my collection over the years because iTunes is stupid, but I could still sit down and hit play on iTunes and you would not hear the same song twice for 30 days. And that's after I've lost more than half of my collection. What, uh, what was like maybe one of your favorite sex play? What was on that first time playlist? It was a lot of pre-sex on fire Kings of Leon. Yeah. I think there was some Murder by Death on it as well. That song Fuego. He was really into that song Fuego for a long time. What was Fuego? It's a Murder by Death song. Um, sort of equating the curve of a woman's hips to ice cubes and a glass of gin. And it's a, it's a sexy song. It's a good song. What, what are some, what would be some sex playlist no-nos? Uh, I think meatloaf? we, we disagree on meatloaf. Journey. We, Journey's a no-go. Bon Jovi. Bon, no Bon Jovi. Anything that makes you want to tap a keg and scream needs to not be on that. But playlist. that's how I. That's how I feel when I want to have sex. I'm like, I just want to scream good things. I well, want... then you get you. We already established you and I don't have sexual right. chemistry. So. Right. <laughs> so there you go. I don't know. It depends. I, and I actually don't usually have sex to music because it was my job. It was music, and you get too into it, and I can't like I can't fall asleep to music. Um, and so like with this guy i'm sort of seeing he's a musician and he works in the music industry as well and so i don't know that we could have if we if so if he and i did have sex to music it would be al green and otis redding and benny king and it just it would be good soul it would be soul it'd be a lot of like um there was a really great soul coming out of miami in the 60s it'd be some of that it'd be some detroit soul it would be a little Aretha thrown in. Um, can't go wrong with a little Etta James during sex. I feel like you play respect while he's going down on you. <laughs> Maybe that's what would have happened when I was watching Mash and drinking whiskey with a little Aretha go- when you were going down on mm-hmm. me. Um, but no, I don't. I, don't. I like, think maybe Katy Perry at the finale. No, I got, no. I got dumped for Katy Perry when I was 19. You got what for Katy? I was dating a guy and when I was 19 and he went on tour and we met up when he was on tour. And How old was he? Not nineteen. I don't know. I don't remember how when old you were. Fourteen. Nineteen. Oh, okay, 19, okay. 19, I thought you said 19, fourteen. One nine. No, I was in college when we met. And he went on tour, and he met Katy Perry, and and you got dumped for Katy Perry. Did you ever meet Katy? Nope. Does Katy know? Probably not. I'm sure I was one of many women that got dumped along that tour. <laughs> it's not a big deal. Okay. <laughs> but it is pretty funny. But you can't. So, but you can't. You can't do anything sexual to Katy Perry. I respect that. I like Katy Perry. I want to be friends with her. I think she's probably yeah. pretty cool. Okay. She strikes me as like a sassy girl. 
I mean, that's what he was into. He was into sassy, confident girls. And I love a sassy, confident girl. There you go. I'm a big fan of those. That's like, that's my wheelhouse. Yeah, you nailed it on Twitter. <laughs> I actually was like, maybe I'm being a little too mean, but this kid needs to learn. This kid. <laughs> Condescension. I deserve that for how much I condescend uh, to the person <laughs> I'm seeing because she's young and young um that's fine yeah i don't really have too many younger people in my in my roster Mm. it doesn't usually work out penny thank you so much for uh for doing the show thanks for coming on thanks for having me this was uh this is interesting we barely scratched the surface but it was a good time well when you pimp me out and we do another episode I don't know if you know if I'm kidding or not, but like I'm being totally no, serious. No, I think you're being serious. 100%. Are, yeah, I hope you don't think I'm kidding about being your madam. Okay, then this is perfect. All right, cool. This is great. I'll let you know the next time. I think I could still call that guy and see if we can just find you uh, find another girl. Oh, yeah, my, my, la- my lady would totally be down. That's that could, one that way could potentially. To... He has a couple other fetishes in addition to that, but we can, like, uh, he's, I don't know, he's really in her, uh, He's really into boobs because he has sort of like she's a... She's got great boobs. Okay, perfect. She's got, he has, boobs. She's got he, double Ds. Oh, perfect. Because he has sort of like a lactation thing going on. He's really into that. Um, um, and sort of like exploring breeding. I've been approached to do some really weird things. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but still better than the guy who asked me to participate in VOR. So there's... Oh. The guy asked to what? He wanted to cook skewer you? my boobs and eat them actually eat the boobs he wanted to role play it he was he wanted like, to role play it. okay okay but well he said because there, there are four people he said who he really wanted to, want to yeah so like the gotta, creepy cop on staten island yeah so you gotta like add, i gotta well clarify. no he asked and i said hell no because he's like, and then he dumbs it down he's like well what if we just role play it he's yeah. like, he, he's like he sent me this long <laughs> he sent me he sent me this long email about how he wanted to cut off and skewer my udders and eat that milky white titty flesh. And that grossed me out to no end. And then he's just like, well, let's see if she says yes. That was his opener. Let's see if she says That was his yes. opener. Yeah. And then I said no. He goes, well, can I get you pregnant? Yeah. No, but, yeah. Hook us up. I'd be, I'm down. Cool. Perfect. Cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll, um... well, everybody, I'll let you know how the business venture goes. <laughs> I'll try and get in touch with them. And I've mostly, I've mostly stopped using my FetLife account. But I just... I got. I just started getting approached by men for everything. I guess they could sense my open mind. You're a very open-minded lady. But yeah, I'll we'll see. We'll You're, see if we can make this happen. Get you in the business. Yay! <laughs> make your dreams come true. Yay, dreams! <laughs> if I can't get on HBO doing stand-up, then you know I will settle. At least for you'd cash. settle for being a prostitute. I would love to <laughs> escort. Yep, I would love. To, I would love to be. All right, well, Penny, thank you so much. Why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody. Bye, everybody. Go make someone come on their face. Okay. (laughs) I don't care what she says. Meatloaf is totally on my sex playlist. Really, what I like to do is I like to put on a Meatloaf song and see if I can make it to the end. Billy, like an album? No, no, just like one Meatloaf song. They're very long. Uh, I'm so glad I got to catch up with Penny. She was a delight. uh, So much fun. Uh, And and let me know what you thought about the show. You can follow me on Twitter and Facebook at TheBillyProceda. Shoot me a tweet on my new verified account. Hey, got that blue check mark now. 
that aren't I special. Uh, use the hashtag ManWhorePodcast. Let me know what you thought about the show. And if you want to say something privately, you can send me your comments, your questions, your booby pictures over to ManWhorePod at gmail.com. Be a part of the conversation with your fellow fan whores on the Man Whore Podcast subreddit. There are individual comment threads for every episode. Uh, I also post pictures. I post questions, links to articles I'm quoted in. Uh, and you can also make your own posts and ask questions and the like. For all you Reddit people, that's r slash man podcast. Please support independent content creators by becoming a fan whore on Patreon. Head on over to patreon.com slash podcast and make your pledge today. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. I hope you all enjoyed this week's episode. I know I did. Uh, next week, I've got a great one. I've got Dylan Birdsall, uh, the filmmaker behind the upcoming documentary V-Card where uh, we talk about sex in a very different way because right now we're going to talk about the absence of sex. Yeah, we're going to talk about virginity. Until next week, stay slutty.